The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Season's about to start. There's things going down. Our whole world has been turned upside down. We're going to hit on that. First, let's find out what's on today's show. Alright, on today's show, we will have Khalil Mack trade, <laughs> let down, wet blanket, call it what you will, I've got my own word for it, stupid, but that's my opinion and we'll get into that. The Rams come to Oakland, Monday Night Football opener, everybody's juicing up about this one, ESPN's got it, but uh... I don't think we got it. I'm going to go over that game, pregame anyway, and talk about it. Then we'll hit the bone line. Simple show, simple time. It's certainly going to be a very simple season. So let's get to it. All the talk about Camille Mack being traded, uh, which I thought was garbage, horse crap, you call it. Me, I was feeling the same way. I thought, how could they trade the number one defensive player on our team? He makes up the defense, period. He is the defense, period. When you go into a game against Khalil Mack, he's Steph Curry on the whiteboard, right? He's Kevin (laughs) Durant. Yep. You have to deal with 52. The other guys we can block, we'll figure it out. But 52 is a game wrecker. Greg Papa. You know, you're talking about trading Khalil Mack. And if he's going to hold out, it's just absurd. I- I'm bringing this up to hi- highlight how stupid it is. No one is having a conversation about trading <laughs> Khalil Mack. That is not happening. He's untradeable. The Oakland Raiders expected to trade Raiders defensive end Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. Of course, with that, let's bring in NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Ian, what is the latest? Well, this is something that has been going on through the wee hours of last night, really round-the-clock discussions uh, between the Oakland Raiders, the Chicago Bears, and Joel Siegel, Khalil Mack's agent. Now, there were several other teams that were, in fact, interested. We've talked about the New York Jets, uh, the uh, Buffalo Bills were a team, the Cleveland Browns were a team, the Green Bay Packers were a team, all those inquired, San Francisco 49ers. A lot of teams inquired. Only one team was willing to go where the Raiders needed to, needed them to go, which was something that would give John Gruden the opportunity to say, we have to make this deal. There was a time a couple weeks ago that uh, the Raiders thought that Khalil Mack was coming in. They thought he would show up. Uh, a lot of people thought he would show up kind of after the first preseason game. Once Mack decided, you know what, this team does not believe in me, I just can't do it. Once it became clear that he was going to miss games, and that was, uh, in fact, what was going to happen, then it was obvious that the Raiders needed to move on. They just couldn't give him away. It's not that they wanted to get rid of Khalil Mack. They were just, all of a sudden, they went from, we're not trading him, we're not trading him, to, yeah, maybe we're going to listen. And then once they started listening, the offers came rolling in, uh, they got a, a, the offers that they needed, which was, look, this is a Raiders team. I know they were really good two years ago. There are some key people there that think they need to retool a little bit, need to rebuild a little sure. bit. They're now going to get, Two first-round picks to do it. 
plus the extra, let's say, $23 million a year to spend that they're not going to pay Khalil Mack. They believe they need to spend it on a lot of players, and that's exactly what they're going to do now. Yeah, Steve Weiss saying uh, that Khalil Mack expecting around $65 million guaranteed. Uh, let's bring in yep. our Tom Pelissero. It's, it's going to be more than Aaron Donald, I'll tell you that. Wow. Uh, huge. Uh, let's bring in our Tom Pelissero. Tom, what do you know about how we got to this point? What led up to this? Really, everything escalated, Aaron, in the past 72 hours or so. I spoke to an NFL executive on Tuesday who said, listen, everybody in the league right now is calling the Raiders about Khalil Mack. They've gotten a ton of calls. They've gotten offers. And that was corroborated by some other teams that said there are offers out there for the Raiders of a first and a third round pick that they had gotten offered by multiple teams. They've been offered a star player for another team. And they had really not acted on any of it. They had not counter-offered. They had not shown that that was enough to get them interested in actually making this deal. Well, that gave people within the league the impression it's going to cost at least two first-round picks to get Khalil Mack. And what I'm told is by last night, the Raiders were telling people, we have two first-round picks on the table and more for Khalil Mack. We'll see exactly what that ends up being that the Bears are planning to send to Oakland. But the Raiders had a price. It was a very high price. People in the league always like to say that everybody's got a price. Well, living Khalil Mack apparently <laughs> has a price for the Oakland Raiders. It's not just the two first-round picks and whatever else the Raiders are going to get. But don't forget now, for the Bears, the price includes that contract that Ian mentioned likely to reach $23 million a year. That is a huge commitment to a player who is at an impact position at pass rusher. Really, there's not a lot of teams that do that outside of the quarterback. $90 million guaranteed is, a, is an astronomical number. That was something we could not do. Look, we're going to be second-guessed until the cows come home on this. I understand that. What lured you to this place? To be wanted? Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that's all it takes. Well, to my amazement and to yours, Gruden, the broke Mark Davis, Veggie McKenzie, all the brain trusts of the Oakland Raiders got together and figured they can't pay that money. They tried to pay him $20 million a year. He got $23 million a year, $90 million guaranteed. We couldn't do that. Mark Davis can't pay for a haircut, let alone for Khalil Mack. And he's gone. With the fifth pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Khalil Mack. Here comes Mack, and he's going to get him again. He got Osweiler for his fifth sack of the game. Intercepted by Eighty million guaranteed is a is an astronomical number. That was something we could not do. And the Raider Nation is crying right now. Football fans in the Bay Area is crying. 
because Khalil Mack was traded Saturday morning to the Chicago Bears. And some of the sound bites you heard there, of course, pop after they beat the Carolina Panthers. Uh, what a day Khalil Mack had in that one. Uh, the Buffalo game in that 2016 season on the way to a Defensive Player of the Year award, the fifth pick in the 2014 draft out of Buffalo. Was a game changer here, but he is no longer here. And, of course, you heard Gruden at Ricky's a few weeks ago saying, we will bring Khalil Mack in. Well, that never happened, Pop. And now Mack is wearing a C on his helmet. He is now a Chicago Bear, and the Raiders are going to have to take the field against against the L.A. Rams without number 52. What a, what a sad, sad state of affairs here. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's beyond me. It is shocking to me that the Raiders actually did this. And there's two questions, and we're going to ask it to all of our guests, starting with Mike Lombardi, because he knows the, the finances of the Raiders. You give the quarterback $70 million guaranteed. Uh, you fire an entire coaching staff in the offseason, need all that money. Now, there is offset clauses there. Uh, John doesn't get the $100 million all at once. Uh, but you just, you know, $90 million guaranteed. So, you know, could they have signed Khalil Mack? I don't know. There was a realization about midweek last week that uh, you may have to look into trading him. And we talked about Halloween and the trading deadline and Thanksgiving, and he has to play the last six games to get the fully accrued year. But I came to a realization last week, I didn't even want to entertain the thought of ever trading him. Uh, I would not want that on my resume, that I traded Khalil Mack. I would not want any part of that. So, But if the organization just could not financially do it, they cannot trade him, uh, not sign him, and you had to trade him, then I came to the realization that if you're not giving me a player I can plug in right now, and I don't think any team in the league would do that, uh, then the draft picks are going to be there. So why would you make the trade now? And you may get Khalil in at the end of the year to make a playoff push, but I think they just wanted to move on from this. And it's just to do it now when the league is putting together their 53-man rosters on Saturday morning, when they have to be completely salary cap compliant in 48 hours when the Eagles and Falcons kick off the new year, this is not the right time to make a trade like this. You could get a lot more for Khalil Mack if you trade him in March when teams are cutting players, clearing off you know hundreds, not hundreds of millions, but dozens of millions of dollars to go sign free agents. You have draft picks now that are identified. Uh, it's a much more sure, sure deal. Even if you decided not to use the exclusive franchise tag and use the non-exclusive franchise tag, you still get two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. So the, the bottom rate is two ones. And I could tell you the history of these two. You know, Cornelius Bennett was traded from Indy to Buffalo and was the finishing piece on one of the great defenses in football. And they got two ones and a two. Al Davis traded for an aging Richard Seymour, and he gave up two ones right. in consecutive years to Belichick. So, you know, John Gruden himself was traded for two ones and two twos. Right. So why? So to, to not get at least the two ones back and have to give up a second. So the Raiders, so take the ones out of it. The Raiders get back a sixth and a third, and they give up a second and a fifth. So that is devaluing the two ones right there. You're not getting two ones back. And what's the conditional fifth-round pick the Bears get for Khalil in 2020? If he's the defensive player of the year in 19, you don't have to give it to him? What the hell is that? So I don't – I just don't – what was the urgency in making this trade on the first day of September when you could have made it on the first day of March? Uh, No no idea, Pop. 
Well, that's so much for the great Veggie McKenzie, the camp master of the Oakland Raiders, and so much for John Gruden. I'm sure he wanted to keep Mac. Don't tell me he didn't, because I'm sure that's one of the reasons he came to Oakland. Mac is gone. Trade is done. It's not a good trade as far as I can see. I mean, a trade, a first round pick in 2020, another one in 2019. We gave them a second conditional. It's a lot of gobbledygook for, we're going to give you a couple bucks, go away, kid. And that's what happened to the Oakland Raiders. Reggie McCanny can't pick his nose, let alone pick a player. We all have seen it already. We can go through the history of, of his picks. Let's just tar, start off with DJ Hayden, and we can go down from there. Uh, Obi Melifonwu, another loser. You know, Reggie can't pick players. Gruden falls in love with players. Uh, a, that's why we got A.J. McCarron, incidentally. We'll talk about that, too. But the Mac trade, um, Raiders are broke. Can't afford him. Won't pay him. But the reality is when Aaron Donald got $87 million, it changed everything. And I, you could sense my mood changed on Friday. Yeah. That they're, they're never going to – he's going to hold out. And if he has to hold out all the way – you know what? It doesn't even matter if he comes back and plays the last six games. Uh, he's This is such a monumental payout that it's worth accruing the fines. And once you get traded, the new team's not. You, know, you think Ryan Pace is wanting Khalil's money now? <laughs> that, so that, you know, it's just he would have sat out the whole year. But my point is you can't trade him now. The whole league is not open for business now on September the 1st when they just don't have the room as far as salary cap and a roster. So the only way I would do that is if uh, Roquan Smith comes the other way right? or Leonard Floyd comes the other way. Right. If you're going to give me a warm body that I can plug in my defense right now, then, okay, now maybe I'll trade Khalil if you're going to give me Roquan Smith. But if you're just going to give me future draft picks, those draft picks are going to be there. I'm not going to be able to use those draft picks in April. Plus, by March, I will have my uh, scouting department fully assess the draft more. You can maybe get one team to give you two ones for this year and not wait. I, I, I you know, again, it's the, the theme of the show today. Could the Raiders have paid Khalil Mack? Should they have paid Khalil Mack? If they could not have paid him because they could not put the $90 million in escrow, then you had to trade him, right? Right. So, But when? Why did they have to do it now? Which brings up the other argument that Sean's trying to sell, and Mike Lombardi will be joining us. It's just, you know, the argument that you can't have two great players making 20 plus million, but you know the cap goes up right. roughly. You have to see exactly, but it goes up about it $10 million up. a year. Right. There's going to be different money at the end of the deal. So... I guess I'm not shocked because we were kind of bracing for this, but I just don't understand why they had to do it now and the fact they really did not get two ones back because they had to give up a second and a fifth, and they got a sixth and a third back. I just don't understand it. Same here, Pop. Don't understand this move whatsoever for the Oakland Raiders. They're going to keep who we have, and we're going to go ahead and play on who we got. And our rankings went from 18th to 25th. 25th. We're 25th in the league now. And as far as our division goes, the Chiefs are solid first. And especially since Mack is gone, uh, the Chargers are up ahead of us too. They have a better defense than we do. Um, maybe Denver will follow the Raiders. We'll have to see. I'm not quite sure. But we're looking at another stellar, I mean, not stellar, but stellar performance. 
by the Oakland Raiders in our own division. Sad state of affairs for this Raider fan. Uh, how did we get here? Is the, is the reality is that Khalil Mack got too good too soon. I remember his first year. He didn't have a sack like 10 weeks into the year. He didn't have a quarterback sack. And he was still dominant against the run. I remember one game in Cleveland, they tried to put a tight end on him. He just mangled him. But he wasn't getting to the quarterback, and people were questioning him. Preseason 2014. Here on Joe, 4-13. There have been rumblings about the lack of Mack. Well, so far this season, our number one draft pick, Khalil Mack, is, well, M-I-A. He's been missing in action. Oh, yeah, he got a sack on the third or fourth string of the Lions, of course. Yes, when you're playing these preseason games, you can look like a hero, but Clowney put Matt Ryan on his face on the first string offense, and that was no joke. He blew through the line and let it be known that he has arrived. Again, I do understand that it takes time for a guy to go from college to pros, but we better see some impact play from Mac this season, and so far I haven't seen it. Let's hope that we see it in this game, but he seems to be a little bit slow on the uptake and not as vicious as he has appeared at times at camp. So, so far, Cleo Mack is kind of like a popcorn fart. There's not a lot going on there, not a lot of flavor, not a lot of substance. I am hoping that this young kid turns this around and takes advantage of his opportunity here in Oakland. They got to give this guy all the snaps. Maybe they're giving him too much. Now, another thing I thought about with this young man is, look who's coaching him, Okay. So now, perhaps it's not the players. Perhaps our calamities lie in the coaching. This is something I've been concerned about, especially in his case and his lack of development so far. I know it's early, but he should be showing some kinds of flashes. He should be put on the edge like they did in practice. I don't know. I'm not a coach, but they better coach this kid up because he's got the physical attributes to make it so. I believe he will be a great player in the NFL. I just hope he's a great player here with us in Oakland. And that is all I have to say about that. Could the Raiders have signed Khalil Mack? I mean, could they have financially? Do they have $90 million you had to put in the escrow account? 60 at signing, was it? He got a $60 million signing bonus? Is that what he got? $60 million, Pop. You did not read so that wrong. Are signing his name? <laughs> 60 million. How much did Aaron million. Donald get? He didn't 40. Get he got 40. He got, he got so Khalil more. got $60 million when he hit the K in Mac. Yep. Wow. $20 million more than Aaron Donald. And and overall, he got 90, uh, 90 guaranteed. Yep. Three so more than Aaron now Donald. You're, okay, now the question is, could they have signed him? I don't know the answer to that. I know that a lot of signings with players when Al was there, had to be done in a, in, a, in a certain timing, and Mike Lombardi will join us, and he'll tell us the inner workings on how you have to fund that escrow account. I, I don't know. When you're getting into 90, when you just gave the quarterback 70, 
when you just fired an entire coaching staff. The head coach never got a job. You got to pay him. The other assistant coaches, Mike Tyson's not working. You got to pay him. A lot of the coaches did get other jobs. There's an offset clause. But when you start adding all this up, and if you if you want to factor in the seven hundred and fifty million, the three quarters of a billion they got from Nevada, that's being used to build the stadium. That's not being used to sign your 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 outside linebacker defensive end. So I don't know. I mean, my question would be, could they have signed? I mean, could they? Could they? Would they have the money to match that deal? John said we didn't come close to offering that. Well, what did you think he was going to get? <laughs> I mean, you had to be talking. You know, Todd Francis is, is Donald's agent, and uh, you know, you're talking to Joel Siegel. They they all talk. You had to have an, a general idea. Maybe they knew all along. We're just light years apart. We're never going to be able to give him that money. And when the deal actually came down for Donald on Friday, it became clear. And then, then the other question is, should you? you know, if you had the money, would you pay a quarterback $25 million in a defensive end uh, 23.5? Well, what are the Rams going to do? Right. Well, Jared, and Goff. I would not pay Jared Goff anywhere near right. that kind of money. Basically, they're paying Gurley. What's Gurley making a year? He's, not, he's a running back, right. though. But what's Run, he getting, running backs right. don't make what Khalil Mack right. makes. Right. Well, what is Gurley getting but he, paid? But the Gurley money, cost? the Gurley man money does not kick in for two more years. He's going to finish year four and five of his rookie deal. So what's that, 21? By then, Sue's gone. By then, you know, Peters, what do you do with Peters and Tlaib? I think you have one more year for Peters. But running back money's not quarterback right. money. No, I, I get that, man. They're going to have to make a decision on golf, and we'll see what happens there. But John Gruden met the press uh, yesterday, or excuse me, Sunday, Pop, uh, Sunday night at about 5 p.m., and he was asked, why did the Raiders trade Khalil Mack now? <laughs> why Why would we do that? I don't understand why we would do that. Drafted in April. Well, you don't know if you can get those picks. You know, you don't, you're don't. you not. We're trying to negotiate a contract to keep the player here. We would like to have the player stay here. He was under contract. Uh, we did not expect this to last as long as it did. But, uh, we're, look, we're going to be second-guessed until the cows come home on this. I understand that. But uh, bottom line is we did do our due diligence. There was a standoff, and he got a, a great contract from the Bears. Of course, Tim Kawakami was here asking Gruden, why trade Mac now and not do it before the draft here? What was your plan here? They had to know that Khalil Mack was going to hold out when he didn't make OTA. So why trade him now? I just, for the life of me, Pop, I'm reading everything here, reading all the details, and I understand it from a business standpoint. But why now, a week before the season started? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they just wanted to move on. I think they didn't want, want this holdout like a big black cloud looming over the franchise until it was settled. And they may have known how it was going to be settled. I think they did. They made up their mind. I think once the Donald deal came in, they knew they were not going to match it. So they just wanted to make a transaction where the, the wiser thing would have been to ride it out. You are listening to 95.7 Game San Francisco, a radio.com station. Let's bring in the former GM of the Oakland Raiders, a former executive with the Patriots, won a bunch of Super Bowls here, writer at The Athletic, and has a new book coming out, Gridiron Genius, a master class in winning championships and building dynasties in the NFL. Michael Lombardi joins the afternoon delight here on 95.7 Game. Michael, just what's your initial thoughts here with the trade? I read your stuff over the weekend, but tell our audience what's your thought of the Khalil Mack trade. Well, I think this, I think, you know, John's had a lot of time to evaluate the Raiders before he got there. And, you know, I mean, they're 33 and 46 in the last five seasons. Uh, you know, the defense in 2015, the year they went to the playoffs, gave up over 400 points. And I think 
the feeling that you get from a decision like this is, you know, the 2015-2017 drafts haven't really been very fruitful for the team, and they felt like to pay a guy in the $20 million range, they're going to need more players than just one. So they did uh, a move that would be similar to what Belichick would do in New England. Is You know, he didn't pay Chandler Jones all that money. He took the picks and tried to figure out another way to do it. Yeah, I've been referencing that all day, Michael, but, uh, you know, obviously Khalil Mack is, is such a, a dominant player, and no one would argue that uh, having him on the roster does not make the team better, but that there is a financial limit on anything. But let me just, the way I've been couching this whole dilemma that the Raiders faced uh, in the ensuing months before uh, ultimately Saturday came is two different questions. Can the Raiders pay Khalil Mack, and should they pay? Khalil Mack. I want, I want to start with can they in the sense that, and you know the inner workings and the financing of the organization as well as anybody working with Al all those years, and just the ability to write Khalil a check for $60 million on the spot, the ability to fund all the guarantees into an escrow account. Do Did the Raiders have the financial ability, if they chose to, from a football decision-making process to execute a transaction like this and fund that money and and sign Khalil Mack, Michael? Yeah, just looking at the contract, Greg, I I mean, the Bears aren't funding it. He's got guarantees in future years that are just injury guarantees. They're not skill and injury. They've got to be skill and injury. They don't become – they have trigger dates in them. When he's on the roster the third day of the league year, it becomes skill and injury. I mean, we get caught up with these guarantees – like they're just going to, they don't have to get funded when they're paid out. It depends on how you pay it out. Every NFL team, seriously, every NFL team can make a contract and can do a contract like this. It really isn't about cash flow, it's about cash tolerance. And so I think that that's really what you're looking at. You know, anybody who says the Raiders don't have the financial wherewithal to do it has never done contracts before. Now, you're obviously, nobody wants to fund money. There's no team in the league that wants to fund money that's due for guarantees out three years. People do it all the time. Look, Daniel Snyder's one of the wealthiest owners in the league. You look at all his contracts, they're all triggered at the end of April so that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to fund the money. Does he guarantee it? Yes. But he does it that way. So I think this is a more of a decision based on on football and a, and the cap than it is based on cash and what they wanted to pay. All right. So you to the first question I have, you know, could they pay him? You're saying yes, they could have. Then should they? In all your years working in this league, uh, he's such a great player. The salary cap has gone up. Do you just, with a player of this ability where the other team has to game plan for him and double him every play, whether it's a pass play or a run play, Michael, should they have signed him? Well, look, I, I mean, look, I think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. And the more great players you have, you know, it's important. But I come from the school of we're not collecting talent, we're building a team. And, you know, you've just described a player that was on a defense that gave up over 400 points in one season. And, you know, Max, a good player, 15 sacks. He had five sacks in one game. Last, to the year they, last year, 10 and a half sacks. I'm not disputing him. But I'm not disputing Chandler Jones isn't a good player either. I'm not disputing that either. Chandler Jones has had 28 sacks the last two years. He had 36 and a half in the same amount of time that Khalil Mack got his 40. And you could say, well, Mack gets double on every play. Okay, I watched the tape. That doesn't always happen. Mack runs around the edge, and he's got great edge pressure. So, look, I think the guy's a great player, but I think this is philosophically, you want to build a team, you need more than just one good player. Clearly, the Raiders demonstrated that in 2015 when he was on the team and they gave up 400 or more points. 
You can't win any Super Bowl giving up that many points. His book is coming out. You sent it to me in the mail. I'm just starting to read it. It's going to be in newsstands uh, coming out uh, right after the Raiders uh, open the season against the Rams on the 10th. It's out the next day on September the 11th. Great Iron Genius. And Bill Walsh is there. Uh, you, you know, Belichick at the end of your career. You spent a lot of time with him and even earlier. And you, what you're citing more is the Belichick philosophy. Uh, also, Al Davis is in the book. And Al uh, believed in collecting great players. So uh, if we decide to go ahead and trade him then, um, did the Raiders get the right compensa- uh, compensation back? I remember Al, and you were there with him when he traded with Belichick to get Richard Seymour, and he gave up two first-round picks to get him. The Raiders did not even get uh, two ones for Khalil because they're also sending a second and a conditional fifth, and they're getting a third and a sixth back. So the compensation, once they made the call to trade him, and it sounds like you're on board with that, Michael, did they get enough back? And should they have simply waited and not done it this time of the year and had done it in March when the whole league is clearing cap space to add players. Well, look, I think that, you know, they, they had a lot of teams interested. This was clearly the best offer. Uh, it was clearly the best offer, and they took the best offer. I mean, they, they wait any longer. The offers go down. I mean, could they have waited till the trading deadline and a team might have been a little bit more desperate, perhaps? But I think they needed to clear it up. They needed to clear up the situation with their cap so they could get them off their cap book. You know they're gonna. He he has a a contract that they're counting, even though he did not report. So, you know, I I think look to me the only disappointing thing that I've heard is when John came out and said that he didn't know anything about the two second round picks. I mean that's just impossible for me to understand. He's in charge of the entire organization. The baton was passed to him when he got the ten year hundred million dollar contract. That you know he's running everything there. Let's make no mistake about it. To say that he didn't know about the twos to me is being a little, uh, you know, that that's really not fair. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Mike, what if the Raiders did wait on Khalil Mack? What if they said, okay, you want to hold out? Fine. We're not going going to do anything. We will wait until the new league year and trade you in the offseason. What would the compensation have been in March? Couldn't they have got basically the same deal here uh, without by trading Khalil Mack in the offseason? Or should they have just, was the timing right now to trade him? I think it's always best, you know, at the timing is when it's when it's best for you, and it obviously was best for them. They, look, John's trying to install a different culture. He, you know, he, you know, I think it's been pretty clear. Look at his roster. He didn't like the team. I mean, he's not a fan of where they were, and they're thirty three and forty six the last five years. I mean, this isn't like they've been competing for Super Bowls last year. You know, everybody thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Everybody thought they were going to the Super Bowl. They're coming off the great season. You know, they had high hopes and. And, you know, you know where that all ended up. Jack Del Rio lost his job, and there's a lot of players that aren't there anymore. So I think the timing to get your culture started is right now, and I think that's what he's trying to do. Now, I'll say this, and I wrote about this today for The Athletic. You know, John is the general manager. He's running the team. He's got to stop acting like the offensive coordinator, too, because he's in charge of the whole organization. He's got to see this team from 35,000 feet as well as from ground level. He's got to make decisions that impact today and tomorrow. And if he gets co-caught up calling, running the offense, and running, writing out scripts and doing everything that an offensive coordinator does, he's not going to see the big picture. I mean, just for an example, Belichick, before he left to go on vacation, had probably written up over 400 college prospects coming up for the next draft because he's also the general manager in, in New England. So he's doing that job as well. I think that's the way John has to approach it. So what are you saying that John shouldn't call the plays and he should he should delegate that responsibility to somebody else, Michael? 
No, I, I'm saying that he's the head coach. I think there's some things that he should delegate. I think he's a good play caller. He runs the offense just like Belichick's a good defensive coach, and he does things to run the defense. Belichick's fingerprints are on every phase of that football team, offense, defense, special teams. I am not saying that whatsoever, Greg. I'm saying that, de- that the, there's a difference between being a leader and a manager. A manager does things right. A leader does the right thing. That's what I'm talking about doing the right thing. Managers you hire to do things right. Yeah. So the relationship between John and Reggie McKenzie, where, where do you think it's at now? And do they stay together? Or does John need to bring somebody in from the outside that's more of his guy? Well, I think he's already done that. David Rosano's in there. He's working in the personnel. Well, he's working on the coaching side, but he also does personnel. He was a former scout. In fact, his dad hired me at the 49ers was the 49ers college to scouting director back in the early 80s. So, you know, David's there. He's been a scout his whole career in his life. So he's got somebody in there. I just think to me, this is about, you know, Reggie's had the GM title. John is running the team. I mean, that's, that's what happens when you don't win in the NFL. Change occurs. And I think it's Reggie has to accept wherever he is. And if he's comfortable with it, then so be it. And they have to work together and their work ethics have to match and they have to be on the same philosophical page. And I think that there really lies the conversation. Are we on the same philosophical page? Are we looking for the same type of players at every single position? Because remember this, it only works. Look, John McVay was a great general manager, but he everything that happened at the 49ers, Bill Walsh controlled. John executed that plan, and he did it really well. And that was his job. And so when I work for Belichick, I work for him, and I try to execute the plan and try to do it as well as you can. The head coach controls it. You've got to work for him, and I think that's the dynamic now. I know everyone's pissed. I'm pissed. I don't know anybody who's not pissed. Um, very surprising. And a gut shot to anybody who bought season tickets last year because if I would have known they were going to trade Mac, they never would have got my money. And that is a freaking fact because getting rid of my ticket is going to be uh, the hardest thing that ever happened to me this season. So, on that note, the Mac trade went down. Uh, all the experts were wow, wow, look at the Bears. Um, some of the Bears media were kind of pissed that they threw out the baby with the bathwater and paid Mac all his money. Um, it's what it takes to win in this league. you got to have dollars. And Mark simply does not have any money. And that is the actual fact of the matter. And let's just go a little deeper. Did Khalil Mack trade? What do you think that did to our locker room? Well, I think it put a big old cow fart in there. And I think it stunk up the place. Not to say that we can't recover. Not to say that we can't be a decent defense. We could probably do okay. I'm hoping. But the whole picture has changed for the Raiders and the Raider Nation. Uh, expectations gone out the door, down the toilet. You, you call it what you will. But expectations for a good season are, are shattered. My personal opinion is we might win six games. Maybe. Uh, I hope we win three games because if we win three games, we'll get a top five pick. That might be a, a better way to end this year because of our buffoonery in the draft, our buffoonery in free agents picking up a bunch of old players. Yeah, the Raiders got older this year. I never thought I'd say that. And uh, we didn't get much better. 
And, and speaking of that, let me just get into it now because they got rid of Connor Cook, which was there, had a pretty good handle on the offense. And the guy that played the best game so far in preseason, E.J. Manuel. E.J. Manuel played an excellent game his last game as a Raider. He's also gone. So two guys that he spent all camp teaching him the playbook, telling him what you want, giving him a clear idea of what is expected. Now we get this character, A.J. McCarron. Well, go figure. He's one of Gruden's grinder guys. He is just another and probably a million other guys that we're going to see come through the door that Gruden loved before draft in 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, one of those drafts, maybe even 11. But some of those guys he has fallen in love with, he cannot fall out of love with them. And that is why our backup quarterback is now a guy who hasn't played a snap in the silver and black. There's no clue of what Gruden wants yet. He's jamming, Gruden says, we're jamming him. He's coming in, he's learning the playbook, which makes absolutely zero sense to me because why would you spend so much time and energy on these other two guys and let both of them go for a rookie, essentially, uh, that did some good things back in college when he was at Alabama? It is just ridiculous for me as a fan, makes no sense whatsoever, uh, to invest in a guy that has no investment in Oakland. That being said, good luck to Connor Cook, E.J. Manuel. Good luck to you too, bro. You guys played. You guys tried. And I just don't think anything was going to help you guys because I think Gruden already had his mindset on getting this A.J. McCarron guy from the freaking beginning. Boy, doesn't that instill confidence in the locker room? You bet it does. Doesn't instill any confidence in me as a fan. I'm still left holding my jock strap. Because the way this season's gone is an absolute revamping of the Open Raiders. He has taken it down to nothing and tried to he's trying to build it back up again. Now, is this anywhere in any of his interviews? No, I I think he said he wanted to keep Mac. Yep, he did. And and also said we're gonna try to bring a championship this year or next year here to great fans of Oakland. They deserve it. There was no mention of rebuilding this franchise. I think the whole thing started when they got rid of Greg Papa, quite honestly. And that was the beginning of the end for me. Um, I'll always love my Raiders, but uh, I'm not liking the direction right now. We'll just have to see. It's a wait and see for me. I'm a logical guy, and logically speaking, we have gone backwards a great deal. We're four years ago right now. We're we're just before we drafted <laughs> Carr and uh, Mac, just there, because that's where we were, and that's where I see us being again for this entire season. Now, my expectations, like I said, I can throw those out the windows. Yours, too. You can forget those. We just got to see how they play. We'll see when they play Monday night, which we'll talk about right now. Let's just get into the Rams game.
on Monday night. Division leader, literally, and they come into Oakland on a Monday night without Khalil Mack and wipe the damn field with the Oakland Raiders. We might do some fancy stuff. We might do some pretty good plays. Our offense should be really good because that's Gruden's forte and pretty much where we've concentrated most of our effort, really. Paul Gunther, man, he's got a big piece of cake to eat on Monday night. He's got probably the best rusher in football and a quarterback that ain't too bad either coming into town with a rookie defense and an aging secondary uh, with the exception of Conley. He is a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl champion, a two-time NFL MVP. Ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Warner joining us here on 95.7 The Game. I'm excited. Always good to be on and Excited that it's uh, it's week one. Let's play some football. All right, so you're going to be calling the second half of the Monday night double header for Westwood One. It's going to be Raiders and Rams. Now you've been going through your prep. Tell us what you see. Well, I tell you what. I mean, you look at the Rams, and you know, on paper, uh, I think a lot of people would say this team has a chance to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, you go out and buy, you know, Peters and, and Talib and, and Sue, and then and then you get your guy Aaron Donald back, and I mean, you got all these pieces on defense coupled with an offense, you know, led by Todd Gurley uh, and Jared Goff, who had a breakout year in year two, and Sean McVay in that offense. I mean, just on paper, I'm just excited to see this team. The interesting thing is none of their guys played in preseason. You know, so are they going to come out firing? Are they going to come out, you know, sharp? Uh, Is it going to be a rough start because they didn't get time in – uh, in preseason, especially some of these young guys, a young quarterback. Um, but I just think they have the makings of being a team that's very, very competitive every week and has a chance, again, on paper, to compete in the NFC w- with anybody. What's that like for a player who doesn't get much preseason time or doesn't get any at all? Is it an ability to come out and really be firing from the first quarter? Or should we expect that this Ram offense takes maybe a quarter or a half to really get revved up? Well, yeah, I mean, when I played, I mean, no matter how many years I was in the league, I always wanted to play in preseason. And I didn't know how much I wanted to play because, you know, low knows you don't want to play a lot, uh, but you want to play enough that it clicks in your mind, okay, I'm ready. Sure. Okay, I can slow the game down. I'm seeing everything. I feel comfortable because, you know, that was a crazy thing. And I don't know if all players had this, but every time I went into the off season and we went back to, to start training camp, I always had this question in my mind, Will I be the same guy I was last year? You know, will I be able to do all the same things I could do last year? You know, feel the pressure and move in the pocket and make the decisions. So I needed some time, whatever amount of time that was, for me to go, okay, I'm ready. And maybe it was one series in the first preseason game. Maybe it wasn't until I came out of halftime in the third preseason game. But I needed to feel ready. And so I'm really interested to see some of these young quarterbacks that haven't played a lot of football can they come out and just pick up where they left off after no preseason time, um, you know, when they haven't played a lot of football at this level? Kurt, what do you do with a guy like Carr who had a year, a year removed from having a, 
you know, MVP type year. And then last year, kind of the setback. If you're Gruden, your car, what is it? What is the mindset going into this game, especially against the Rams? What does this Raider team need to do to shock people? Well, I, I tell you what, if I look back at this Raiders team over the last couple of years, um, I see a very stagnant, boring offense that didn't make it easy on Derek Carr at all. Two years ago, when you talked about he had his great year, they still threw a lot of one-on-one go routes on the outside. It just so happened that Cooper and Crabtree and company made those plays that year. So they won a lot of close games because they made a lot of plays with Derek Carr's big arm and the playmakers on the outside. Last year, tried to do the same thing. Well, what you know is that certain plays are low-percentage plays. They made those you know, low-percentage plays two years ago. They didn't make them last year, and that was the difference in what they were offensively. I believe John Gruden comes in and makes the game easier for Derek Carr, that he's going to make easier throws. He's going to create concepts that are going to make easier decisions uh, and create opportunities for guys to get open that they didn't necessarily have the last couple years. Now, I know John Gruden's been out of the game for 10 years, um, you know, so to speak, from a coaching standpoint, but I believe he was involved in the game. He's always thinking. Uh, he's a guy that's always trying to create and always wants to, uh, to know the next and the latest and greatest thing. So I believe he's going to <clears throat> apply that for Derek Carr this year, um, and you're going to see an easier offense for Derek Carr. Does that mean more wins? Not necessarily. Um, but I think you know playing quarterback is going to be easier for Derek Carr this year than it's been probably at any point in time in his career. Kurt Warner joining us here on 95.7 The Game. Khalil Mack traded from the Raiders to the Bears on Saturday. How was how surprising was that move to you, given Mack's durability, his locker room character, and his production? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think if you just look at the player himself, I think everybody's shocked. I mean, you, you don't give away your best player. Um, and I don't want to say give away, but you don't trade your best player that, as you said, is a great locker room guy, is a great leader, and a great player, and a young guy. You don't just do that. So if you just look at the player and where the team is, you know, you're up in arms and you're a Raiders fan and going, oh, my gosh, how in the world could we possibly do this? To me, when I see a move like that, that's an organization saying to me, we don't believe we're that close to winning a championship. We believe we're a number of pieces away from getting there and paying you know, $140 million to our best defense player along with that much money to our quarterback is really going to tie us down to maybe not build this team and get the pieces we need to be a championship-type team. If you felt you were already a championship-type team and you had those pieces a la the Los Angeles Rams, you sign your guy and you go to work and you say, we're going to win a championship this year. I believe the Raiders were basically saying, we're not there. And so we can not tie up $90 million in one guy. We can get two more draft picks, add it to Derek Carr, and build this thing uh, the right way. And we believe we can be a competitive team two, three, four years down the road um, instead of tying all that money up into a couple guys and not have enough pieces to really you know, utilize those guys and their skills to the utmost. And so I see both sides of this thing. Um, and it's never easy for a team or a teammate to lose one of their best players that you feel can help you win a championship and a fan base to lose one of you know, the faces of your franchise. But at the same time, the organization always has to be looking and saying, 
okay, this isn't about two players. This is about an organization and winning championships. What do we need to do? If it's signed Khalil Mack, we sign Khalil Mack. If it's let him go and get more pieces to help us, then that's what you have to do, even if it's the unpopular decision. It's just interesting because Chicago has a different, I guess, thought process because they don't necessarily have the, you know, the talent as well, but they see a transitional play, a player that you just don't, it doesn't come around often to let leave the building. So I, I totally understand. It and low, I think that, you know, the interesting thing there is you say, maybe not ready now, but here's a defense that was a top 10 defense in scoring in yards last year. Now you got Roquan Smith as your number one pick. You had him at the linebacker spot. You put Khalil Mack there as a pass rusher. Okay, now what does that do to this already really good defense? Sure. Maybe that moves you to the top five. Offensively, you know you've got a young quarterback that you've got a number of years left before you have to pay him. You've got a young back that's really good. You believe your skilled players are better than they've been in the past. So now you've solidified a defense where you think this can be a top defense. You've got your young pieces. Now if you can just add one or two more guys offensively, now I think Chicago's starting to go, man, we got a lot of pieces to be competitive in the North and be competitive in the NFC, even though a couple of our pieces are very young right now, if they come along like we think they can, now we've set ourselves up to be competitive in this division for a number of years. How is it, do you believe, that Druden's offensive philosophy, because you look at their offensive line, it's one of the highest-paid offensive lines in football. You paid your quarterback, and hopefully you know, um, the outside receiver is going to get paid. But if you think about that, I'm just trying to get the philosophy of what Gruden's doing. The time he won the Super Bowl, he didn't necessarily win it with offense. You know, when he won it with Sapp and those guys, it was kind of defensive. Do you think now he's just saying, okay, how do we just ride the ship until we get the pieces? Or do you think this offense still can be pretty deadly because of the offensive weapons and offensive line that they have? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they have to be thinking right now is, I mean, we're going to have to outscore people. We're, you know, we're going to have to, to bank on Derek Carr and Amari Cooper and, and the two backs in the backfield and that offensive line to carry us because, you know, we've seen even with Khalil Mack, we weren't very good defensively. You know, we weren't a game-changing defense. And so we need a bunch of pieces over there. So, yeah, I think that's got to be their approach early on is we've got to win with offense right now. And then when we get a chance to add pieces, we've got to add pieces on defense and I think they may subtract some more low as well. You know, that you may see some of those offensive linemen that are higher paid uh, be casualties here this offseason um, to really try to build this the right way and feel like they can get a number of really good pieces um, as opposed to just a couple great players. Um, you know, they've got a number of pieces that they have to add. And so I think there's going to be more uh, addition by subtraction uh, once we hit this off season and John Gruden really gets into the mix of things and starts shaping things the way he feels um, a championship team needs to be shaped. And four first-round picks over the course of the next two years as a result of this trade. Even now, looking at what the Raiders have done with Khalil Mack, do you still see them having an ability to stay in an AFC West that looks a little bit more competitive now with the Chargers having suffered so many injuries? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that you know division is still up for grabs. Um, you know, you look at Kansas City, and there's a playoff team from last year, but their defense wasn't real strong. You know, it was kind of some smoke and mirrors from that standpoint. So you got a young quarterback there. What's he going to be? We know how talented he is, but how good are they going to be? So there's a lot of questions there. Denver, again, you know, was a team that, that struggled. Case Keenum has one great year, and you pay him a bunch of money. Is he going to be that same guy in Denver that he was in Minnesota? You know, so – this team was a little bit down, only won five games last year, but you look at them as piecewise and go, 
I think they're more talented than a five-win team. If they get good play at quarterback, they could compete. As you said, the Chargers, I believe, um, you know, are one of the most talented teams in the league. I mean, you look at what they did last year, you know, the best record of a team that didn't make the playoffs, best scoring defense of a team that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, 17 points a game. You know, an offense led by a Hall of Fame-type quarterback, one of the best receivers in the league, and a really good young running back. Uh, last 12 games, they were 9-3. and three. Uh, They just have to start a little bit faster. I think they're the team to beat in the division, in my opinion. But, as you said, there's questions with all of these teams. And so to think that any one of them, including the Raiders, couldn't be competitive and compete for this division while they all kind of beat each other up and figure out who they are, I think is crazy. I think everybody has a chance. Um, Like I said, I put the Chargers at the top. I probably put Denver right below them. I probably put the Chiefs next and then Oakland last. But, you know, Oakland still has got a lot of playmakers. And if they can show up and play good football offensively with those playmakers, I think they can beat anybody in that division and definitely compete for it. Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, two-time NFL MVP, and you can check him out now on the NFL Network and at Westwood One. He'll be on the call for the Raiders-Rams game Monday night. It's Kurt Warner with Joe Lowen Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Kurt, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. You bet. Look forward to catching up uh, a few weeks down the road. Take care, guys. We'll see how it works. It's the first team. It's the first game for a team that's got a new coach and a new staff and a new playbook. What does that mean to you? I know what it means to me. And we might see some good plays, and we'll definitely see some bad ones. But the W, I'm not feeling it. I think the Rams will trouse us convincingly and then move on to wherever they have to go. I expect to hear from Gruden or Veggie or whoever that we did our very best, and we're going to go get them next time, which is what I expect to hear the rest of the season, quite honestly. Really hard for me to be positive, but I am positive about one thing. We're starting over. And starting over just means have no expectation, folks. You can't have any because there aren't any. You can't expect something to happen that has not been built upon in training camp and and personnel knowing each other. I mean, there's a whole slew of things on first-time coaches that become issues. Rarely. And I mean rarely. Does a first-time coach do anything? Gruden did. He took the Raiders playbook to Tampa Bay, and they literally kicked our ass in the Super Bowl because we didn't have another playbook. We had Gruden's playbook. That's not going to happen this year for good old Gruden. I don't think uh, he's got any of those things up his sleeve. Matter of fact, I think uh, we're going to struggle mightily throughout this year. Learn some lessons. Figure out who wants to stay and who wants to go for next year. And then maybe two years from now, we might have an assemblance of a team. Maybe in three years total. By then, we'll be in Vegas. I think that was the plan altogether. Really, it's what makes sense to me. Uh, Mark will then have more money in his pocket. And all this buffoonery in Oakland will be over. And the transition should be complete. And then maybe the players can settle down and start playing some real football. But until then, Raider Nation, it's pretty sad. Pretty sad to see where we are, where we're going to start from, and where we're going to end up this year. 
Like I said, it's six wins for me. Uh, that's being generous, but I think we might be able to pull six wins out of this year. And uh, so let's just see. Because in our division, okay, in our division, the Chiefs steal rule. You watch them play any preseason, they are kicking everybody's ass up and down the field. They got great plays, perfect timing, they've got rhythm, and they've got excellent players. They are going to destroy us twice this year. Now, the Chargers, not so not so much fanciness, not all that, but they have the talent. They certainly have the defense. I pretty much am afraid of Derek Carr breaking another bone, quite honest, with our brand new left tackle. Uh, this is all training day, folks, for all these kids. Derek Carr is going to have to run for his life all season long. I'm not being a pessimist, man. This is how it's going to be. If you don't see that, well, I guess you're not me. I see it very clearly. Because we have been in this movie theater before. We have seen it before. We have been there before. And we paid to watch it before. So I'm not trying to be a wet blanket, even though Randy thinks I am. I don't see any possible positive except for everyone learning their job. That's the positive of the year. We're going to just learn how to play football together. Fans are going to be forced to watch these games, pay for them, by the way, and it'll be all, well, we got a little better, and gosh, we figured some things out, and gee whiz, I wish we could have done better, and that's going to be the end of the year. I hope Carr doesn't get hurt. I'm worried more about that than winning a football game. I'm worried more about him getting injured than anything else. Now, the other thing I have to tell you, and it's very concerning as well, is Cooper's contract comes up next season. Yep. Mari Cooper is going to want to get paid. Going to be want to get paid a pretty good salary, I would imagine. If he performs this year like I know he can, which I'm sure he's going to try to because he needs to see if he can kick that, kick that money up. So he'll play his best football this year because his contract year is next year. So we'll see if Mark Davis and the Oakland Raiders have enough money left in the piggy bank to pay Amari Cooper. This could also be a trade. Yep, telling you, solid, solid truth. Could be a trade because he's not a Gruden guy. He's a Veggie McKenzie guy. And uh, so this could be the next, <laughs> the next shoe to fall. I don't know. I hope not. We'll see, though. I mean, um, who knows? Who knows? I'm just projecting because, man, I don't even know what to say. I, you want to do a, a Rams pregame? Here's a Rams pregame. Raiders 14, Rams 34. That's kind of how I see it. Uh, maybe a little closer than that. But um, I don't think our defense can stop the run. Maybe, maybe for a little while, but uh, we'll see. We'll see on Monday night. Uh, this this new defense we have, unproven, unproven players, unproven scheme, unproven coaches. So it's a new season, Raider Nation. Just suck it up like I have to. Watch our team and hope for the best. See who's going to stay and who's going to go. And as far as, you know, the Rams pregame, that's it. They got a very good offense and a crazy defense. 
if we get 14 points, we'll be damn lucky because their defense is by far leaps and bounds better than ours. So it's funny, when I saw the trade for Khalil Mack, everyone was looking at our, our rankings, and they just went down like a rock. Crazy. Crazy. Craziest thing ever. Uh, I never thought I'd be saying this, and I am bummed. Randy's pissed that I'm bummed. Oh, well, tough shit. I'm not the only one who's bummed, and that's the way it is. I really don't know what else to say except good luck this year, Raider Nation, because um, we're going to need all the luck we can have because the skill has left the building. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, let's get on to the bone line, 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. You should be calling this the suicide hotline. Because I am sure, just like me, many Raider fans woke up on a Saturday morning, wanted to take their old ladies to breakfast, take their kids to soccer, do all the stuff that parents and young people do, even old people. We'll get a Bloody Mary and some eggs. No. No, 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 not so fast. I'm not feeling that because I, they just traded our best defensive player to the Chicago Bears. <sighs> Unfrickin' believable. So let's listen to the bone line, 1-800-620-7181. I'm sure I'm not alone. What do we got on the bone line, bro? And our first caller of the show would be the Raider Junkie, out in Los Angeles, California. I don't think he got the news, because he's pretty happy, so let's check him out. What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is the Junkie here in L.A. fighting L.A. morning traffic on a Monday. I haven't talked to you guys in a while, but hey, it's a new season. I wanted to throw down my bones. I'm so happy that we had Chucky back in uh, January. That was the first excitement for the Raiders. What a day to start the football season in January when you have a head coach coming back for unfinished business. Now, if you remember, Raider Greg, when we were going through all these coaches' changes, I kept saying, man, I would love Drew to come back. Everybody, you know, dished me off, dished me off. But every time I kept saying, man, I wish we could get him back. You know, finally... Mark David had the balls enough, and I don't know where he got the money, but we got him. Ten years, $100 million, I couldn't wait. I didn't care about the money or the leg. I just wanted him back prowling the sidelines. With that being said, this Friday, first time back at the Coliseum, even though it was a preseason game, Raider fans were ballistic. They were going crazy. The place was packed for the return of Chucky. And he did not disappoint. The offense, that which came out after kickoff, which I thought we'd be pounding the ball, which he was preaching that we would need to run the ball. Marshawn Lynch was going to be our feature back. What did they do? They threw two straight passes on the opening series, and both were completed. And that kind of threw me because everybody was waiting for Marshawn Lynch to carry that ball. Well, when he did, baby, you saw beast mode in action. And that's what we want to see all year. So let's hope we, everybody can stay healthy. And I think we can.
did, and they did not look that bad. P, uh, P.J. Hall was great. Two shots, uh, a block a block pass. That was good, man. He, he, he had a good game. Defense overall was not bad at all, you know. We, we, you know, uh, we're putting it together, waiting for Matt to come back. We got to get Matt back, Craig. We got to get him back. You know, he, he's our quarterback of the defense. And on the special teams, Pinnell, oh, man, three for three, longest 45 yards. Hey, I mean, I love Janikowski and everything, but if this kid can come in and, and, and just uh, hold down that position, I think we'll be okay. Now, later grade, I'm excited. I can't wait. As you can tell my voice, I'm, I'm hyped, brother. And this Saturday at the Coliseum, the last time the Raiders will ever be in L.A. in the Coliseum, going down against the L.A. Lambs, come on out early. Early in the morning, there's going to be film shoot in the South Lawn, Lot 6. There's going to be tailgate party all morning long until game time and after. So come on out, Raider Nation. Let's block out L.A. and let's show them who owns L.A. And that's the Raiders. All right, Greg, I'm out. Bye. All right, there you go. That's a positive call. All right. Well, the Raiders played really well against the second string and third string and fourth string. They did good. The defense did good. I was surprised to see that happen. The offense, I'm not surprised. It should be pretty good. We don't have Matt. So we'll see what happens uh, Monday night, bro. I hope, uh, I hope we do run the ball. I hope we do all these things. Hard to see. Oh, it's hard to see with our defense, bro. But we'll see. And I hope so, too. Thank you for the call. It's always good. Our next caller needs no introduction. He is the Prez. I like this guy. He's got a lot of wisdom. What's happening, brother? Good morning, Raider Nation. This is the Prez of R-N-O-M. And I am very happy to hear the podcast is back moving and going with Raider Greg and the helps and assistance of Raider Randy. First thing at hand, the preseason is upon us, and we got a chance to see what the Raider Nation, what the Raiders has to have um, for, the, for the players. Chucky has that sneer on the sidelines, but it's not kicked in full gear. You know, it's kind of like a preseason sneer. <laughs> Um, I guess from what I saw and gathered, you know, we're just trying to see and fit the puzzles in. I'm not very concerned yet because I already know just by looking at the team, you can see that Chucky's signature and his presence is already felt. I can see 10,000 times a big difference of, from last year in the preseason. These guys is kind of like, okay, we got to get this done. You know, I'm trying to land a spot. I think there's a little probably nervous and probably anxious. Uh, the first series, they looked pretty good. I mean, Marshawn Lynch running that 60-yard touchdown. I see maturity. I see maturity, and I don't see um, nonsense and stuff like that. When he kind of came in, Jack Del Rio was a little lenient and laid back, so that was a different kind of attitude. You can see it with the players if you pay attention to it. Now there's a sense of urgency to get this job done and take care of business. Unfortunately, I want to talk about the Khalil Mack situation, which I know probably thousands and thousands of people have been talking about, and you're probably up to you, you know what, hearing it. This is my take and what I got to say on this. Khalil, I understand you want to get paid, and rightfully so. You're a once-in-a-lifetime greater that comes, and we don't see people like you and others. But to sit out, brother, that just put a real bad taste in my mouth, and I'm kind of going to say I'm losing respect. 
Now, don't get me wrong. You got to do what you got to do. But you're supposed to be the leader of the truth, bro, and you set by example, and you're going to get paid. And I, I know a lot of folks say, well, he's probably protecting his interests and everything, bull. I got to kind of ask myself, and I'm really beginning to ask myself, do you really want to be a Raider? Are you just buying the time knowing that we can't give you all that money possible and you are up on the contract? Now, you should under that contract. I can't tell you what to do, but I'm very disappointed for a gentleman with your statue and you know the Raider Nation loves you. Hell, you haven't even said a word, bro. So that's kind of got me scratching my head. You haven't even got on there and said, well, Raider Nation, um, I'm sorry this happened and stuff like that. I like to get on the field. That's what lets me know you wants to be a Raider and get paid. And I can respect that. They're like, okay, well, the man said he wants to be a Raider. But to say nothing and just be in, you know, um, the Blizzmore and just whatever, it just signifies that you want to get paid. Nothing else. You don't give a damn. You want to get paid. And I'm sorry. I stand very strongly with people like that, athletes. You know, your work speaks on the field. But that sucks. As for um, the future, I see potential. And I said this on this last podcast, and I argue with many and many of Raider Nation peoples alike. If those draft picks that we got at bargain prices, and remember, I said this on the last podcast, we got two draft picks that could have been top-tier products, one with a knucklehead and one had a heart problem. But nevertheless, though, that's all a clean slate. If those guys pan out, man, so long, bro. Thank you, and maybe you probably can do like Charles Woodson do. Come back later on when, you know, you finna wrap it up and make it right with the Raider Nation, though, because, dude, I just don't just get these athletes. I mean, you know, we can't tell you how much money you need to make, but how much is enough? How much is enough? And at what cost? Is there any loyalty to the damn fans? And, I mean, I already know the question of that. I mean, wow, man. Come on, bro. And you were such a quiet, young, hardworking man. And i like, well, finally. And then, as always, you know, wow. And I hope that that agent really gets it done, bro. Because if I were you, I'd give him a slow kick in his ass if this backfires, bro. Because it's damaging your reputation. And God forbid if you're not working out. These youngster guys are hungry. Chucky is not going to play. And that's another thing. Now you don't kind of cause a rift. We don't see it, but we know the, the gig. You didn't make ways and honor by saying, you know, meeting your coach and stuff like that, that we know of. This is a bad taste in his mouth. If I'm starting a business and I got a star player or star whatever, and I haven't worked with them, and they're too good to come because they feel like blah, blah, blah and everything, well, deep down beneath, you can say what you want to say, there's resentment. And there's always going to be resentment. And then there's others that's going to kind of like want to do that. That's where the problem lies. And you just, uh, I don't even want to ramble about that no more. I'm praying for a wide receiver, my Tavis Bryant, to get together because I do see um, a promising, you know, career, and that's a jump. Watch out for shows. Chris Warren, monster, beast. He's hungry. That's what you do. I like that. Forget about that damn Barkley, dude. We see a beast in the making. Hey, dare I say young beast mode? <laughs> um, man, I'm just catching up for all the ramble I want to do, but I know I got to get up out of here and stuff. And uh, it's a pleasure to hear from you guys. I'll be down there week four with some of my uh, compadres for the Cleveland Browns, and I can't wait. It'll be the second home. 
for the Raider Nation, and um, I'm just excited. Raider Greg, don't you do that again, my man. Shame on you. <laughs> this is the prayers out of Memphis, Tennessee, saluting the Raider Nation. I am very, very excited. I'm very ecstatic. Chucky, just seeing that guy on TV, it just, man, the dream has come true. You will see a different Raider football. I repeat, you will see the difference. Thank you so much, and God bless you all. Raider Nation, get ready because it's a brand new era, the Gruden era, the winning era, where they're silver and black with pride and walk around hollering Raiders. Prayers out. Nice call, brother. Very nice call. Well, Khalil Mack went for the money. You know that by now. So that is really kind of, you know, started the Chucky era in era, in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> he got rid of Marquette King, got rid of Connor Cook, E.J. Manuel, a myriad of other players, and he brought in uh, different guys. I, I don't know why, but just different guys. I. I'm not a coach, so I can't tell you. But um, we're going to hit on that at the end here, the, the bone line on on who our 53-man roster is, because I forgot to do that. I forget a lot of things these days. Thank you for the call, man. It's nice to be excited. I'm not quite as excited. I I don't see a winning season, bro. I see a rebuilding season. So we just have to look and see how good we can be. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller is Sir Keith Smith, the Crusader Raider from London, England. Yeah, it's going to be a great game over there. I know, because I'm going. What's up, Keith? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Keith Smith, Crusader Raider, calling you from London, England long time since I phoned in, so I apologise for that. Uh, I've just got back from the States from uh, uh, representing the Raider Nation at the Hall of Fame game in Canton with the PFUFA, uh, meeting up with booster clubs in Rochester, New York, in uh, uh, mid-city New York, mid-state, and uh, having a damn good time, really, uh, stateside uh, um, as Crusader Raider. We're now looking forward, as we look forward now, in eight weeks' time, the Raiders will be in London, I know it's been a pain, Raider Nation, with, with the stadium at Tottenham and then moving to Wembley and all the issues with uh, NFL UK and ticketing and Ticketmaster. But we're getting there and we can't wait to welcome you to London in October. We hope that uh, come early September, the ticket issues will be resolved now. The game's going to be played at Wembley Stadium. We'll have 86, 87,000 tickets available rather than the 60,000. So we should be able to accommodate everybody who pre-booked or, or pre-registered with Ticketmaster uh, when the release comes out in September. But please look, keep looking at our website, our Booster Club website, www.silverandbackuk.com for information on tickets and ticketing for the game when it gets released. Well, talking about London, we've got some events coming up for everybody who's coming to visit us. And thank you so much, everybody who's already booked on to the events. And we can't wait to see you in London. And obviously, we can't wait to see Raider Greg and Randy the Bald Raider when they come back to this side of the pond. 
and we're hoping that you guys will be able to do a live video cast or a live podcast uh, at our events so that we can share the excitement of what's going on in London with the rest of the Raider Nation who unfortunately can't make it this side of the pond. So what have we got coming up? Thursday, October the 11th, we have our Crossbones Kelly Jack the Ripper tours. On Friday, October the 12th, we've got three double-decker bus tours going out in the afternoon with prices on that starting from just uh, 10 to 15 pounds. Then the big party, Friday, October the 12th, the only official silver and black UK party that the Raider Nation is coming together to raise funds for the Fred Blitnikoff Foundation, to support charities in the UK, but most important of all, have a great time together with the Raider Nations here in London. And that big pre-game party is taking place at a venue called Browns, which is in Bank in central London, and it's going to be a special event and a special day. Saturday, October the 13th, we start off with some shopping in London in the morning. Then we're meeting up at Eros at Piccadilly Circus, where we'll be then traveling together to change at Hoban and go see Leighton Orient, London's second oldest professional football team, take on the monkey hangers of Hartlepool United. And we've done a special deal with Leighton Orient, so everybody will be able to get in for around about uh, $12, and that will include free membership of our supporters club, a drink in the bar, going out on the pitch pre-game to get photographs, drinks afterwards back in the supporters club, and sitting together in a group with the Raider Nation at Leighton Orient in East London. Then Sunday morning, we have our big brunch, which is taking place once again at the Sports Bar and Grill at Farringdon. Um, and we'll be then going from there on the train together, like we did last time, up to Wembley Stadium to see our Oakland Raiders beat the Sea Chickens at Wembley. So lots going on. You can see some of the details on the uh, uh, Raider Nation podcast website. Thanks for putting them up, Randy. Uh, and if you need more information on any of the events or coming to London regarding transport, hotels, things to do, please visit our Booster Club website. That's www.silverandblackuk.com. And book your tickets now because they are going like hotcakes. As I said before, this is the only official Booster Club events. There are other events taking place, but uh, this is the event that you want to be part of. And we look forward to welcoming you here to London. Talking about the Raiders, other than London, and obviously uh, uh, pre-season, it appears that uh, things are going well at training camp. Good result last week against Detroit. I know it's only pre-season, but, but it's, it's, it's still a win's a win, and I'll take a win any day of the week. Um, we move on now to the rounds. Let's hope we can get follow that up with another good performance um, and get ready for that first game of the season when it comes up in September. We're really excited, as I say, to see you all here. Let's hope Khalil Mack sorts his business out and the Raiders sort his business out so that we can get them signed. And just for a while, let's forget about Vegas. Let's forget about ticketing at Wembley. Let's forget about everything and just concentrate on being the Raider Nation. And we are joined by you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and the Raider Nation podcast in celebrating all the things that are good about being a Raider fan. Look forward to seeing you guys really soon. If anybody has any questions, hit me up on Facebook regarding London. But please, as I say, book your tickets now to avoid disappointment at www.silverandblackuk.com. This is Crusader Raider, and I'm out. Very well done, my brother. Trust me, if you're going to London, you got to be part of the show. Get on the site. Check it out. It's such a good time. 
Man, I'm telling you, this London thing, these football games in London are a blast. The people there are amazing. It's a great time. I, I just can't even tell you how much fun we had the last time. I'm looking forward to it. The Leighton Orient game is a blast. Um, you got to go. If you haven't figured it out yet, get some tickets, get your ass on a plane, and get on over there because you're going to miss out on a hell of a good time. We've done it once, and that's why we're doing it again. Love you, Keith. Can't wait to see you in October, brother. And our next caller is Raider Malik from Tucson, Arizona. Sharp guy here. You know, you've heard him before. What's going on, my bro? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Malik from Tucson. Just wanted to try to get a call in before the game on Friday. Uh, yeah, last game uh, really wasn't spectacular. I was very happy with the way that they looked so anemic in the first half, second half. They actually got some things going. They had a chance to win the game. Uh, they went for the uh, two-point conversions and just didn't come through. Uh, even though on one play the guy was wide open, the ball just got batted, uh, which does happen in the game, I guess. I will say this, man. I'm really tired of E.J. Manuel. The guy's had plenty of chances to really change people's minds on what he could do. He's been around for a little while. He has talent, but he's so inconsistent, and he does some stupid things on the side of the ball that, you know, just, just seem fundamentally, I don't know, basic, man, like taking the ball on the snap, uh, basic decision-making, uh, holding on to the ball. Uh, the guy just, I don't know, whenever he comes in the game, I feel like the, they go backwards as a team. I know last season he came in, you know, and filled in for injuries. Uh, sorry, that was my dog in the background. I don't know if you heard that or not. Uh, filled it for injuries and, uh, you know, did some things here and there. But I kept telling people, just, you know, just wait. He'll he'll get your hopes up, and then he'll crush them soundly. And I felt like when he was in the game, in the last game, uh, he just, man, they just go backwards. And Connor Cook, I don't know, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just not impressed with either one. Uh, Cook is, I guess, a little better than Emmanuel, but, Honestly, I'm really worried about the quarterback situation because once Carr, you know, if he has an issue or something going down, uh, it's, it gets pretty bad, um, really bad. Uh, and one thing I saw this morning was that they actually cut uh, Obi Melanfamu, who's had injuries since his rookie season. Uh, I guess the, supposedly if he clears waivers, they could put him back in there injured list, but they're making it sound like they may just, just cut him loose, like they just, they're just not impressed with him right now, and, uh, you know, even though he had a great combine, the guy just hasn't been on the field, and he's hurt all the time, and I feel like this is becoming a, a, a what would you say, a, a routine with the Raiders, it seems like, you know, not all the guys that they draft, but a lot of the guys they draft, you know, or at least some some names I, I can remember, Guys are always hurt, man. I don't understand what it is. They get hurt, and you know they're, they're hurt throughout the season. You know they're they're trying to figure out what's going on, and you know they just they can't seem to get back. You know guys like you know Conley and uh, kind of escapes me right now. It's like three in the morning right now, so uh, or three thirty something like that. It's free that call in before the podcast. Hopefully I can get in and get my word, and if not, I don't care. I got to call the podcast. 
but I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I'm hoping that I see more from the from the passing game and the running game. And uh, I think the defense is actually playing playing pretty well, which is shocking. But uh, I'm looking forward to the game, and uh, I just I just want to see some more progress. But I really don't want to see Manuel on the field. I'm just I'm done with him. I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm just done with him. And uh, I love Marshawn Lynch, but I'll tell you what, man, uh, Mr. Warren is looking kind of tight. Uh, he's bringing some heat, and the guy just seems to find that hole. Keeps things going. He's got some good speed. He, he runs over people. I, I like that. So I uh, just wanted to get that in right before the last minute. I know it's about two and a half minutes or so. So let me get up the line, give somebody else a chance. And uh, just wanted to say looking forward to the game tonight. Raider Nation, die hard, baby. Let's go. Bye-bye. Great call as usual, brother. I, too, wasn't sure about EJ or Cook. Well, now we don't have to worry about either one. Because neither one is on the roster. We have a rookie, literally, A.J. McCarron. Guy doesn't even know the playbook. He's no idea what the cadence would be. He's totally clueless to the Raider way of doing things. But he will be replacing Carr if he gets hurt. Do I need to say anything more about that? The guy's name you were thinking about was D.J. Hayden. We drafted him injured, and he really never panned out. He was also kicked out. That was first round. Uh, he was pick number 14, I believe that's what it was, or maybe 24. Either one, uh, waste of a pick, without a doubt. So, yeah, you know what? E.J. Manuel looked great Friday. He looked excellent Friday. He looked like he was the man on Friday to be cut Saturday morning. Go figure. Well, we'll see what happens, bro. Love the call. Can't wait for you to call back. And our next caller is Raider Jim from the East Coast. What you got for us, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Jim from the East Coast calling in after this Packers preseason game with a couple of thoughts. I'm watching the Raiders' defense, and I'm loving it. Loving it. I can see our defense drastically improving this year. I'm just thrilled. And I'm watching Chucky stalk the sidelines and scowling at the referees for all of their ridiculous constant penalty flags as if the game was about them. These guys make me want to puke trying to ruin such a beautiful sport. But anyway, watching Chucky expressing the disgust that I feel makes watching preseason worth it. The offense hasn't been quite as thrilling as the defense. I'm looking at Connor Cook, and I'm remembering the 2016 draft and how we traded up to get ahead of Dallas to steal Connor Cook because Dallas had their eyes on Connor Cook, and the Cowboys had to settle for Dak Prescott. If only Connor Cook was half as good as Dak Prescott. He looks scared. He looks unsure. It, it's amazing. He looks like he, he could possibly have a good arm, but it just shows us once again the difference between the NFL and college football and all these draft prognosticators and 
everybody that second guesses drafts and everything, man, you just don't know until they until they get in the NFL. It's such a different game. But as as far as our draft this year, 2018, man, I'm I'm thinking we I'm thinking I'm thinking they hit they hit this one out of the park. I'm looking at just just the three rookies on the defensive line and. I tell you what, I'm I'm excited. So if we can get the offense, if the offense is rolling at all, it's really hard to tell because you really haven't seen the the, the starters play very much. So that first uh, series was decent, except for obviously when uh, Donald Penn got bull rushed back into Carr and Carr fumbled the ball. You don't want to see that in the regular season. That'd make you sick. But anyway, I don't know, man. Thought about you. Thought about you guys and. You know, want to talk about preseason. Nobody's interested. None of my friends are interested. My wife certainly isn't interested. <laughs> you know, so I got to talk to somebody. So I figured I would call the Raider Nation. So God bless the Raider Nation. God bless you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Man, I love your podcast. Miss it when it's not up. Hope y'all are doing great. And hey, we'll talk to you next time, Lord willing. Well, you said it the best when you said it's preseason. I do like our defensive linemen. They look great against the third and second stringers. I like our offense. They look great against the third and second stringers. It's preseason. I'm not putting any water in that bucket. We'll see what happens on Monday night. That, my friend, will be the true contest and a barometer to find out whether our defense is truly good are truly not so good. Now, the prognosticators uh, put us about 20th in the rankings as far as team overall. That, to me, is not very good. But we have to work our way back. We'll see what happens. Prognosticators are full of crap sometime. We shall see. Without Mac, it could be dim. But I hope not. But like I said before, it's just a season of learning. We just have to understand we're all learning together appreciate the call brother and our next caller is obi-wan raider love this guy what's up bro what is up raider nation obi-wan raider here calling in from spring texas Raider Greg, Raider Randy, hope you and your family are doing fine. As we head to this first preseason game against Seattle, we're really, really hoping by the time the cuts happen that Chris Warren is still on the team. Uh, I know John Gruden has an eye for talent, but I have no idea what in the bloody blue blazes he sees in Doug Morton. The guy cannot run through a hole to save his life. I'm going to be highly irritated if Chris Warren does not make the team. I really like the way Markel Lee has stepped up. Our defensive line looks like they're going to wreck shot. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, let me get to the meat of what I'm calling about. I really, really hope that I'm wrong, but I got in the back of my mind. I'm honestly starting to believe these reports. They're trying to trade Mac. What else do you want a player to do for you? How often have the Raiders hit on a defensive player in the first round that is not a nutcase, doesn't cause problems for the team, works his ass off every day, getting double and triple teams and still giving 100%, and they aren't finding a way to get this guy paid. We keep adding these other additions to the team. 
We cannot let him go. I will always be a Raider fan no matter what, but I will have seriously, seriously, seriously be pissed off if Mark Davis, Reggie McKenzie, Reggie McKenzie, and John Gruden trade Khalil Mack. This guy is the quarterback of the defense. Do you need any more answers? Look at Peyton Manning. He had one hell of an offense year after year after year after year after year after year. After year. It wasn't until they had a good defense they actually won a championship. We need to get Khalil Mack signed. I hope to God we get this done in before the first game. We really got to get this done. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, um, you know, I miss hearing you guys on the podcast. I've been listening to Silver and Black Today, a podcast out of Vegas, and it's great to have more Raider news, but it's not the same as you guys, man. So hang in there, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. All right. One love, man. Raider Nation, Obi-Wan Raider, and I'm out. Great call, bro. Always good. Great runner. He had his knee scoped after that last game. He's going to be on the IR for a few months. They kept him, though. They also kept Doug. I can't find my way out of a paper bag, Martin. I don't know why he's so much in love with this guy. I don't think he's very good. We'll see how he pans out, but um, I don't think he's a very good running back, quite honestly. But I guess that's why they kept him, because they you know, they had uh, Warren got hurt. Who knows? And as now you probably figured out that Khalil Mack's not in the building, so that changes the whole dynamic of your season, I know. Call back when you can and let me know. How you feel about that? Because I really like to know. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Houston Raider Steve. He's in the house talking about the man, Greg Papa. What an announcer. What's up, bro? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. I just want to make a comment about Greg Papa. I remember my uh, brother and... uh, sister-in-law lived in Foster City, which is over there right in the middle of the Bay Area. And we went to like three different 49ers games because my brother went, you know, thought the Raider fans were too rowdy. Can you imagine that? Anyway, so like they'd have the Raiders, whenever the 49ers were home, the Raiders would be on the road back in the day. And so there might be like a 10 o'clock game that Raiders are playing in the Eastern time zone. And so all of a sudden we're going to the 49ers game and I'm going, going through the radio dials and all of a sudden I pick up KSFO. I think it is out of San Francisco. And all of a sudden I started listening to Raiders and Greg Papa. I, I was listening to the way he calls the games, man. He is the very best at calling the games. He knew all the details of everything. He, he was so prepared. You could tell by the way he put together his, his uh, radio broadcast, the play-by-play and Tom Flores doing the color. And I was just like, man, this guy knows his stuff. And, you know, and he's just so on, he's on his game, as they would say. He's the best I've ever heard on the radio. And, uh, when he said touchdown Raiders, man, my face would, you know, here I am a guy from Texas out there visiting my brother out in uh, California. I'm going to listen to Papa on the radio. Uh, there'll, there'll never be another Greg, I mean, uh, Greg Papa. I almost said Fireman Greg, but there'll be never another like you, my friend. Anyway, he was the best in the business. I'm going to miss the heck out of him. They started playing the Raiders games on Compass Media Networks the past three years, so I was able to listen to the Raiders pretty frequently. I was always amazed by the way he called the games and the, all this stuff and the pace. He really got to listen into the game. Him and Tom Flores and Lincoln Kennedy on the sidelines. Like I said, it'll never be the same, but uh, tip my hat to you, Greg Papa and Tom Flores and, of course, Lincoln. 
you guys are the best in the business. There's nobody that can, you know, get anywhere close uh, to where you guys are at as far as your broadcasting. But uh, we're going to miss Papa. I wish him the best. And uh, touchdown, Raiders! Yeah, I've talked about Greg Papa before. Brilliant. He knows every sport. He knows the history of every sport. Way back before most of us knew the history about every sport. He had a lot to know about the Raiders. He was very close to Al Davis. He knew a lot of insight about players, decisions, things that you weren't going to find anywhere else. Uh, it's a shame that little Marky got his panties in a bunch and decided to move on to the 80-year-old antique Brett Muss. I have a burger. Insanity. This is the new branding for the Raiders. Not the Oakland Raiders, just the Las Vegas Raiders. That's what he's doing. Oh, well, not my team. But um, that's what I feel, too. Great announcers. Uh, too bad. So sad. We got to move on because uh, we just got to. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider. What's happening, brother? You were out there for the Seahawks game. What went down? Raider Greg, Raider Nation, this is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider, calling from an overcast, Pacific Northwest, and uh, just actually had just called and got disconnected, calling from my cell phone, so sorry about that, Raider Greg, but uh, anyway, I uh, just wanted to call and talk about last night's game here at uh, at CenturyLink, which was really awesome, uh, Northwest Raider Club was there in full force, um, so many Raider fans. I mean, I know it was only preseason, but I'm, I, you know, I mean, I just getting in uh, Raider home games is one thing, uh, but living near Seattle, anytime the Raiders are in town, you know, getting in a Raider away game is pretty awesome too, and it's a fun experience. Um, you know, the Northwest Raider Club guys follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you know, Raider fans were out in full force. There's always been a lot of Raider fans here in the, the Northwest. That's nothing new, Oregon, Washington. Um, you know, and whenever the Raiders are in town, you really see it. But uh, anyway, uh, no surprises. I kind of figured the Raiders were going to win last night. Um, you know, I just, uh, the backup quarterback situation is driving me crazy. Uh, you know, my uh, thoughts are just, I don't know. Will the real EJ Manuel please stand up? Because, you know, last night he looked like Tom Brady. A lot of that has to do with the Seahawks or, you know, the rebuilding on defense and obviously, you know, with second stringers. But still, you know, E.J. Manuel looked like crap the first couple of games and then last night he looked like Tom Brady reincarnate. So I don't know what you think of the backup quarterback situation. Maybe E.J. Manuel is the guy to be our backup and he just had a couple of bad games. You know, who knows? I mean, I just, at this point, it's like, whatever. If we, if we ride with him as our second stringer, I'm okay with it after what I saw yesterday. But, uh, you know, who knows? And then the little Mac holdout still, you know, in full effect. And that's just, man, I mean, I'm really worried that he is going to miss a couple of games in the regular season. And we need, we need this guy desperately. You know, now you've got uh, the Raiders saying that they'll take – 
two first-round draft picks for him that they'd be willing to trade for two first-round draft picks. And I, no, I mean, he's not worth it. You know, I mean, the draft is always a crapshoot. It's 50-50. And I just, my personal opinion is he's not worth trading at all. I wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, I don't know what what's up with that. I don't know if any teams are actually going to seriously consider giving up two first-round draft picks because they're so prized. But my opinion is Khalil Mack is a proven first-round draft pick. You know, he's the real deal. He's a pro bowler. Uh, let's just, you know, give him the money he wants and uh, and let it be, you know, because he really solidifies the defense, and everybody knows it. I mean, you know, it's just funny that uh, it's taking this long to give him the cash he's asking for. You know, it's not like he's a, a an average player, just a good player. He's a great player. Anyway, you know, so I totally agree with you, Raider Greg, and all the other Raider Nation that has called and, you know, ranted about the Khalil Mack holdout and not giving him his money. Totally agree with you guys. And, you know, hopefully they, they get that resolved soon. And, uh, you know, we're able to just kind of move on with our team and get going to the, you know, get going in the regular season in full force. So, anyway, uh, that's all I have to say, Raider Greg. Can't wait for the start of the regular season. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Go Raiders. Well, Tony, you know now that we didn't sign Mac, but that's okay. Still exciting. Still first part of the season. New coach, new team, um, new vision. Uh, same old stuff as far as rebuilding. We're going to be in another rebuilding year. So my hopes aren't up very high at all. Actually, I'm just going to watch the game, see who plays. And that's basically it. And on that note, EJ Manuel isn't even playing. <laughs> he was cut with Cook. We got AJ McCarron. Aren't you excited? Oh, I'm totally excited. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is Johnny Utah from, I guessed it, Utah. What's up, man? Hello, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Johnny Utah calling from, yep, you guessed it, Utah. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to make a short sweep, but after watching these preseason games, and, yeah, I realize it's preseason, yada, yada, yada. But uh, the thing that really stands out to me is this defense. Do we actually have a real defense this year, even without Mac? I mean, Mac, of course, would make it a, a much better defense. But, wow, having a real coordinator seems to, to really help. What are your thoughts on that? Anyway, I'll let you go. And uh, go Raiders. Peace out. Well, I think it's a preseason defense, bro. Everybody looks good in preseason. Offense looks good. Certain players look good. Because you're not playing apples for apples. You're playing apples for oranges. Difference, totally different. Our season starts Monday night against the Lambs. We will see for sure who we are on Monday night, bro. So call after that. Then we can talk. And our next caller, my very good brother, Raider Steve from Vegas. And, uh, well, he's the first one here so far that's got the news. So uh, listen to what he thinks. Hey, Raider Greg. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. I just saw that they're trading Mac to the Bears. 
and it makes me sick. It makes me sick. I, but I just feel like this is going to kill our season, man. Maybe I'm overreacting, but Gruden's just tearing this thing down. I don't know if it's right. I just, I think Carr is going to be wrecked by this. I just think it's, I'm destroyed, man. Like I, this is, this is really hard, man. I, I didn't think this would happen. I feel sick. I uh, never thought Mac would go anywhere, man. You know, maybe in the long term this is the right thing, but this is really testing me as a Raiders fan. Not like I'm going anywhere, but fuck, man. Pardon my French. This is, uh, it says bad news written all over it. I just, you can't get rid of the, you know, your locker room. And just, I mean, the guy's a Raider, man. Man, this is, this sucks. Well, that exactly was my reaction on Saturday morning. I'm a little more contained now, uh, as you would, would have, wouldn't believe my first show is a little bit dark. So this is a, the second one I've done because, well, the first one was just not very good. So, um, yeah, you got it all right, Steve. It's a, it's a season now where you were looking forward to all this positive change. Now it's like, okay, we're going to start all over. And start from the very beginning. And that's the feeling I have, bro. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller, my good brother, Jersey Boy. Raiders in the house. And I think he's got the news. What's happening, brother? Raider Greg. Raider Randy. Raider Nation. This is Jersey Boy Raider. And, um, yeah, it's Saturday. Woke up a few hours ago to the news that um, Khalil Mack no longer an Oakland Raider. Uh, even saying the words, it hasn't really sunk in yet. It's going to take a while. Um, you know, it's sad. I kind of feel sick over it. Um, I just, I just love Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, what could you ask for for a player on and off the field? And. Uh, for the Raiders not to commit to this, to this player, you know, to this, this great, great player, this great draft pick. I'll get to that in a second. If, you know, a number of years ago to get to the point now where he's in his prime and help take this team to the next level. It's just a, it's a tough day. It's a tough day for the Raiders, the players. I feel bad for Carr. I know they're like best friends, very close. The team was built. I've said this many times. I know you have to, the team was built around Carr and Mac. Um, tough day for the Raider Nation. Tough day for sports in general because it's really showing us as sports fans, not only sports fans, not only in football, but that agents and money really do dictate this game. You know, it's hard to build dynasty. It's hard to build a football team today with cap and 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 the amount of money that these players are are getting paid. Uh, but I want to say one thing. You know, when you when you draft a player like Khalil Mack, and I remember that day, we all do. How ecstatic were we? We knew this guy was going to be something special, and he was. He panned out to be exactly what we thought he was going to be, Defensive Player of the Year. That's what you want in a draft pick. You want every draft pick to be the Offensive or Defensive Player of the Year, the Rookie of the Year, don't you? That's what you want in a player. That's what you're hoping for, right? Well, then when he becomes that player, and then it comes time to pay these guys, I'm just going to have to disconnect there, Raider Greg and Raider Nation. That's where the frustration comes in, that you lose the guy. 
we didn't draft him for the intention of having become the best player on in, in, in the league on defense to then just give him away. There's another whole conversation about what we're getting from him. Yeah, it's great to have some first-round picks, but will any of them be the equivalent of a Cleo Mack or even pan out at all? Look at the last how many years. Look at the draft picks. Where are they now? Let's go back to Robert Gallery. Is Colton Miller really going to be that great? What are these guys going to do? Are they going to be Khalil Mack? I love Derek Carr, and I know he had a rough year last year. We need Derek Carr. We do. And I think he's going to be good this year. I think he's going to be back. We're going to be fine with him and the offense. Looks good. But we need at least a top 15 defense. I don't think you have that now. We're relying way too much on these young kids who look very good in preseason. I think number one, number one defense in the preseason. <laughs> well, preseason. But to lose a Khalil Mack, this call is about Khalil Mack. This day is about Khalil Mack. We're going to see what happens. Was it a battle with, with Gruden's ego? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I, I'm still in shock, I guess. I am just, just wanted to call you Raider, Greg, and just share my thoughts. It's a tough, tough day for the Raider Nation. I hope it works out for everyone involved. But it just goes to show you what happens. In, in this NFL, in, in, in this platform, and how it's so hard to build football teams and to keep them very, very tough. And today we saw that. I don't think there's a team that has two players making over $20 million a year. Maybe the Rams now with Donald, I'm not sure. But it's very tough to do that with cap space today. And, well, we just freed up a lot of it. <laughs> not the way we wanted to. So I just want to say I'm sporting my 52 today. And all I can say is we're going to miss them. And uh, it's going to be really tough to watch the Raiders on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Mac there. Always relied on him. And uh, it's just sad. Just this day is about him and everything he did for the Raiders. And just sad to see him go. So I love Mac. We all do. With that being said, Raider Greg, one of the saddest days as a Raider fan for me. Um, anyway. But I will be ready for Monday Night Football because I'm a Raider fan first. And I put silver and black first. And that's what I was will do. So. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, Jersey Boy Raider, I'm out. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. You said it all, bro. Why do you draft someone with that much potential, put time and energy into him, not figuring out that you're going to have to pay this man someday down the line, Veggie McKenzie? This just goes to show you we're not ready for prime time. No, we're not. This goes to show you also that this season is an experiment. Um, we're just going through players and seeing the, trying to pick up the cheapest, best player we can. And I guess that's going to be the M.O. of the Raiders until they do move to Vegas and Mark gets paid some more money. So that's the way it goes. And you said it right. Dark day for us. And uh, Raiders just got a lot more cap room. Boy, wasn't that great? Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller, Raider Dan from Kansas City. So far, the only guy that's really not flipping out about the Mac deal. What you got for us, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Dan from KC. Well, 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 I see we traded Khalil Mack. I'm not overly disappointed about it. You know, once some things that I heard came out, I don't know if Mack wanted to be a Raider. 
uh, you know, you got to actually have contact with the team, but the way the media talks bad about our team is always our fault. Uh, I guess we got two first-round picks and some players, and we saved about 20 to $22 million. And that's cool, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I still going to believe my team. You know, he's the only one guy. Uh, I read something that said he's a future Hall of Famer. He could be, could be not, you know, depending on where you're at. You know, when you go on to a tougher division, and, you know, so you don't have tougher competition. But with the saying all that, my Raiders, I still always say 10 and 6. We're going to roll with it. You know, uh, Chucky's going to be Chucky. Uh, I think that secondary is still questionable. But I think Paul Gunther is going to get after it. I like the way the guys come to the field, the way Raiders are supposed to do. Hurt people, hurt offensive line, and hit quarterbacks, smash running backs. That's what we do. That's what Raiders front fours do. But then saying that, I'm out. Well, I think he will be a Hall of Famer. If he continues to play at the pace he's been playing, I see no reason that'll slow down. So I think it makes a massive difference in our defense. Uh, everybody in our division is so happy, so happy that he's gone. Everyone playing us is overjoyed that he's gone. That, my friend, tells you all you need to know. I expect a mediocre season. Six wins at the most, bro. Ten? Where do you get ten? I don't know how you see ten. You must get some other glasses, my friend, because there's no ten wins in this season, brother. That I can tell you. Thanks for the call, man. Well, that is it for the bone line. And, uh, well, let's look at the 53-man roster real quick. Uh, we have Derek Carr as number one. And A.J. McCarron, all right. Who is this guy? Who knows? Manuel and Connor Cook are gone. He played for the Bills. Lack of talent. You know, that's why they shit can him. We gave him a fifth-round pick for this guy. Giving picks away. It seems to be our newest M.O. We have Marshawn Licht. Doug, I can't find a whole Martin. Jalen Richard, I like. Andre Washington, I like as well. And Chris Warren, the third. He's on IR. He's got a scope on his knee. Who knows when we're going to see him next. Our fullback, one and only Keith Smith. Not the Crusader Raider, but a different Keith Smith. Let's hope he is a Crusader and he can crusade his way through the lines for our young running backs. Wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, Seth Roberts, Dwayne Harris, Brandon LaFell, new guy, just picked him up. And Keon Hatcher, who earned his spot. Artavius Bryant was going to have to stay off the field for another related offense, I think. We shall see. I don't know, but he's not on the team. Jared Cook, Lee Smith, and Derek Carrier are our tight ends. Here's our offensive line, which is really my biggest concern. Colton, I'm not sure where I'm from. Miller, Coleccio Semele, solid. Rodney Hudson, solid. Gabe Jackson, solid. Donald Penn, not so solid. John Feliciano, Brandon Parker, TJ Clemmings, and Justin Murray. On the defensive line, we have Tank Harajean, P.J. Hall, 
Justin Ellis, Bruce Irvin, Maurice Terse, Frosty Rucker. That's the name. He's going to wear 52. Check him out. All you guys who bought jerseys for Mac, well, that's the new 52. Arden Key, the guy's got talent, but I don't think he's got a brain. Brian Price and Fidel Brown, uh, those guys round up the defensive line. Sounds like a popcorn a fart to me, but obviously Khalil is gone. Manuel Lamar, Derek Johnson, Teher Whitehood, Shaquille Calhoun, Markeel Lee, Nicholas Moreau, and Kale Wilbur are our linebackers this year. I think Derek Johnson should hand out uh, this is what you're supposed to do cards to the rest of them. Secondary, Richard Melvin. I liked him all year. Karrion Conley, let's see if he can do anything. Marcus Gilchrist had some good showing so far. Carl Joseph has to earn his money. Dominic Rogers Camardi, the, the original mummy, comes back to the NFL. We'll see what he can do. Old and beaten. Leon Hall, Nick Nelson, Eric Harris, and Reggie Nelson. Uh, Daryl Worley. Four-game suspension for who knows what. Our kicker is Mike Nugent. Yawn. Punter is Johnny Townsend. Super yawn. And the long snapper is Andrew DiPola. Uh, let's just hope he can do that. Our special teams has taken a huge step backwards. Marquette King <laughs> averaging 53 yards. Johnny Townsend averaging 43 yards. What's the difference? 10 yards? Yeah, 10 yards. On that note, that's our team. That's who we're going to play with on Monday. We shall see what the Raiders do. I'll be looking. I won't be at the stadium. I'm still recovering from surgery. So, yep, another surgery. Hardly wait. So, my feeling here before this first game of the season against the Lambs, Let's play well. Let's play strong. Let's not get beat up too bad. Keep Derek, Derek Carr on his feet. Keep him from getting injured. Because if he gets injured this game, well, the rest of the season, you can call it just as much as I can. you got to keep him healthy. And, uh, well, I just don't know about Donald Penn. And uh, on that note, I am Raider Greg. Sorry to be a wet blanket, but, hey, I ain't feeling it, man. Got to tell you how I, how I feel. And how I feel is, it's going to be a long season, folks. That is all I have to say about that.